0: and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it.
1: Welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and the host of your show. And today I'm here with Jeff Glover. And uh, Jeff, many of you may know him from real estate production. Many of you now know him from Glover U. So uh, Jeff is a high-producing Real estate agent that also owns and runs a high-producing real estate team, and at the same time somehow manages to squeeze in time for coaching. And has uh, he's the owner of Glover U, and uh, CEO of Glover U. I don't know. I don't know how you want to call that, Jeff. But uh, Glover U is something he's. I know he's focused on right now. I got to meet Jeff at a, an event that my wife had, where Jeff came out and presented at that event, and really did a business planning session. So. Anyway, Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's an honor. Thank you for joining us.
2: For sure. Thanks for having me
1: on. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add to your background? Uh, maybe like you know some things like how long you've been in real estate, um, sure. just a few things like that. Yeah. So I mean, I've,
2: I've been a real estate salesperson since 2003. So uh, 18 years now. Um, I'm still in production. Uh, a lot of people are surprised to hear that with those things going on, that I'm still on the ground. This year, I'll probably sell about 85, 90 homes, um, and most of those being seller, seller appointments. Um, our team does just under a 1,000 homes a year here in Michigan. Uh, we've got about 25 sales agents in Michigan, and uh, plus myself. And um, I've averaged uh, just over 100 homes sold a year for the last decade. So my first year selling over 100 homes personally was 2008 and have averaged over hundred homes sold every year since then. So I'm still on the ground and um, you know, yeah, we've got a great team and and I'm very grateful uh, to be in business with, with the team that we have here in Michigan. And of course, you know, anytime you, you do that much in personal production and uh, have a team selling in that volume, as you can imagine, we had a lot of requests for people saying, Hey, you know, how can we get your information? How can we get your scripts? How can we get your systems? How can we get your programs? And um, several years ago, we decided to just share it all with the public. And um, that's kind of how lover you was born.
1: And I, you know, that's, that's really my favorite thing about the real estate industry, Jeff, is just everybody in the real estate industry is willing to share. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in real estate, all the information is out there. Jeff's got it out there. A bunch of other people have it out there. Mm-hmm. But, the real question is execution in my opinion are you are you willing to execute are you willing to do the hard work to become the expert to really yeah. be able to execute yep. in addition to put in the time and commitment to execute
2: well yeah i mean the biggest thing is is that and that's the thing you know i'm sharing things that we're doing right now uh, i'm sharing things that are working for me not not yesterday not last week but you know not something i read in a book right now and i think that's that's the biggest difference between what we're doing and, and maybe what some of the others are doing.
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your team for a minute. How how many uh you're producing at the level of a hundred a year. You have a team of how many agents and what kind of production, how many units per year is your team doing? Yeah, so we're in Michigan, so our sales
2: price isn't, isn't that great as compared to other parts of the country. So we do just under, we do between 900 and 1,000 deals a year, uh, and and we'll end up doing about the same this year. 200 million is our volume. You know, you've got to sell a lot of homes to hit 200 million in, in Michigan. 220 maybe would be like uh, the most. And we've got about 25 sales agents. We have a team of inside sales agents, about eight to 10 inside sales agents at any given time. Uh, we've got four showing agents and and those work directly with our sales agents to show homes for them and
1: um, an operations team of um, six or seven. Okay. So you're talking about eight to 10 inside sales agents. I, I have so many people right now, Jeff, asking about I think everyone knows they need to start building an ISA team and the reason being is I think everyone's getting sick of paying third parties 35% of every transaction. Yeah. yeah. And and relying on somebody else to really create you know their their business for them, it's unpredictable. I think the biggest fear I'm seeing right now is really it, that unpredictability of are you creating your own business or is somebody else creating that for you? So how yeah. important do you feel it is to have a have an ISA team? In your well, team? and and
2: some people get mad when I say this or offended when I say it, but uh, you, almost everything in your business should be done in in house. I'm not even a fan unless it's unless it's a spreadsheet or data entry. I'm not even a fan of virtual assistants because. I look at our business as, as developing people and you're developing people who are going to stay with you for life. And that's, that's my intention on every single person we hire and our inside sales associates are no different. Um, we are, we are not just hiring them for the job of, of following up on leads or making phone calls. We're hiring them to develop them into great outside sales associates. And then once they become great outside sales associates, we're uh, you know we then want to say okay who's gonna emerge as a leader who could potentially lead our organization or go open up another location or or do something in the leadership one out realm or be a partner a future partner and so I'm a big believer in keeping everything in-house for the sole purpose of being able to manage lead and develop people
1: yeah okay I love it so I'm guessing your real estate team your agents are, base salary plus commission, is that correct?
2: So our, all of our inside sales associates, yes, our base plus bonuses. Um, our outside sales associates, which are basically what are known as listing agents and buyer's agents, they're all 100% commission.
1: Okay, okay. So your inside sales associates, um, again, there are so many questions about this in the industry, Jeff, that's why I wanna dig a little deeper into this. like. If I if I'm just starting an ISA team, how do I structure that? You know, what's the salary range? What's the, you know, salary plus bonus? I'm guessing yeah. for most of the people I've talked to in the industry, their target is really to it's the same as a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. They want them to make six figures. Yeah, that's the target. Is it, do you agree with that? Uh y- yes and no. I agree with that
2: if they want to if they are good at that role and have the intention of um, staying in that role because they're not interested in going out in the field. If they're not interested in going out in the field and they're good at their job, yes, I believe that in in most markets, including ours, seventy five to one hundred thousand a year is probably you know that that's that's the goal that we're trying to get them to. But for us, we use this as the tr- the springboard, if you will. It's this it's the sales training platform for us to turn out great listing agents or great buyers agents and. Um, You know, they get paid a base, they get a base of $1,600 a month, which in most states that probably is more like (laughs) (laughs) $2,400, you know, our cost per living is a little less here in Detroit, Um, you know, so they get a base of $1,600 a month, they get $100, uh, I'm sorry, $150 for every listing taken from their efforts uh, during that month. And they also receive 10% of the GCI when the listings they take sell and close, Uh, so you know, if if you got an inside sales associate responsible for for taking, you know, say five listings a month, and four of them sell uh, at an average commission of of say seven thousand dollars, they're getting seven times the five. You know, so there's there's uh, or seven times four. There's twenty eight hundred there, plus their sixteen hundred dollar base. Uh, so now we're at what uh, uh, forty two or forty four plus. You know 150 bucks per listing taken
1: so yeah they're at about at about five grand a month five listings taken per month okay and is, they, is that the target five listings taken per month per that's right. per isa yeah yeah we um you know sometimes we struggle with a few
2: of them they'll, they'll only do two or three in a month but and sometimes we have isas that hit double digits uh 10 11 12 listings taken a month in fact our our record still to this day is 16 listings taken by one ISA in a month. So, but most of them hover around four, five, six per month. That's the, we try to get them to do at least one listing taken per week.
1: Okay. What a, what a great way to start off in, in the real estate uh, business is to do well, that. And yeah. And
2: then after all those conversations with sellers, because our ISA team is a little different than most, we, we have our ISA focus only on outbound potential seller calls. So our ISA team does not handle any incoming buyer leads. Uh, I found over you know eighteen years of doing this, if you give them a choice, they're going to gravitate towards buyers because those conversations are easier. So if you're going to have your ISA team do both, you just have to make sure the compensation is set up in such that it's it's very um, very generous when it's a listing taken versus uh, a buyer con- you know appointment set or consultation or something like that.
1: Yeah. So that that makes total sense to me. Totally agree with that. Otherwise you're going to teach them to be lazy.
2: Yeah, because buyer conversations are very easy to take place. And I mean, the number, you know, for those that are wondering, well, what would you do in terms of a difference? I mean, it's it's gotta be at least half, meaning they make half as much on a buyer appointment or buyer consultation or buyer sale than they do on a listing sale. Otherwise that's all they're gonna do all day long is just follow up with your buyer leads.
1: So if you're paying 10% out on each listing, pay no more than five percent out on each buyer bingo yeah okay i think it's great advice so your people coming in uh, to your business they are all it sounds to me like you are running it where they are all starting out as inside sales associates uh, they're either starting out
2: as inside sales associates or showing agents those are the two kind of um what i like to call mailroom roles at our company so our goal is to either get them into a showing agent role let's say they're they're enthusiastic and they're presentable um, but they they don't have any previous sales experience um, based on on interviews or conversations they they've indicated that um, they they want to be more buyer focused they want to learn the buyer side of the business first then we will encourage them to go into the showing agent role uh, for at least six months and um, in that role they're learning the inventory they're learning how to speak with buyers they're learning the MLS, uh, they're learning a little bit of light lead follow-up, but but we're preparing them to be more of a buyer-focused type of an agent. So we explain the differences between the two, what it's like to be more of a listing-focused agent, what it's like to be more of a buyer-focused agent, and then based on their personality and you know a series of questions and what we think is best, we'll make a recommendation. We think you should
1: go the inside sales route or the showing agent route. And no matter which route they choose, it's a six month really training program to then allow them to decide. I want to stay as inside cells. I want to go outside cells. Is that, is that kind of the, the training path that you- it is? On?
2: unless someone comes to us with previous experience, then uh, we may give them the option. And what I mean by that is they have the option to exit the program after 90 days or stay in it for the full six months. And you'd be surprised. We've got a lot of good producers, uh, you know, that come to us with six, eight, 10 years experience that actually say, you know what? Nope. I want to master working with sellers. Keep me in the program.
1: Yeah. And that, that's what I love is they are actually becoming masters, uh, in that timeframe. Oh and yeah. Really, really building, building them and setting them up for their future. Right.
2: Yep. What, what I mean, what do we hear from agents all the time who don't necessarily know better? Well, yeah, but I want to go out and see people. I want to go see people. Let's be honest. Even the best of the best agents are only going on one listing appointment per day. All right, so let's say you were the best of the best right out of the gate and you had one listing appointment per day. You can't possibly, uh, your learning curve is, is so stunted compared to all of those conversations you have over the phone. And one day you can have 30, 40, 50 conversations over the phone and it's the exact same conversations you're gonna have in person. So I can drastically speed up that learning curve by having them master the phones first and get comfortable with the dialogue through the phone before they get out in the competitive environment on a listing appointment.
1: Okay, so when you came out to Springs uh, Retreat and did your business planning, you had something up on the wall. It was in the back left-hand side, the first one we talked about. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what that said? Do you remember? Which one that is?
2: I don't remember the order because I don't always put them in the same order.
1: Okay, so it's the one about it's the one about appointments every day. Can you can oh, you share? Yeah. That with, if I
2: don't go on an appointment today, seriously, what did I accomplish? In fact, uh, hold on, let me sh- let me show you something. I'll show you where that where
1: that came from. All right. Uh, let's see. Basketball hoop, everybody. We're getting a <laughs> tour of Jeff's office. <laughs> if you, if you're listening by. to this, if you're listening to this, you may want to jump on and watch this so you can see Jeff's office. Look at so the wall.
2: I didn't go on an appointment today seriously what did i accomplish the and the, the thought process behind that is um our job every single day needs to be around what we're doing to get it. every single piece of focus needs to be around what we're doing to get in front of someone otherwise all you did was service business all you did was maintain uh you didn't do actually anything to generate a new opportunity. So if i didn't go on an appointment today seriously what did i accomplish is just kind of like a mantra here it's it's kind of like what did you what did you do all day <laughs> right like that's well, that's just kind of our
1: attitude about it i i love that so much i think if the entire industry would start thinking that way because so many people think it's productive to come in the office and sit in the office all day that's not what it's about get your appointment scheduled yep. get out on your appointment yep. and get somebody you know signed and then under contract that's what this is about right and it doesn't happen if you don't go on the appointment so right. yeah okay so Jeff I know for you it's it's I've heard you talk about this several times so I know it's it's important for you to stay in production mm-hmm. can you talk about why that's so important to you
2: yeah I've got two or three reasons why that is um, number one uh, in order for me to be the best trainer for our people forget about Glover you, In order for me to be a great trainer to our people, which our team is Jeff Glover and Associates here in Michigan, I have to know exactly the objections they're receiving, the conversations they're having, why buyers are are struggling to write higher offers, why sellers wanna keep, keep their home on the market longer and wait for a better offer. I need to know all of those scenarios so that I can stand up at a sales meeting the next week and say, hey guys, was on an appointment last week, Buyers said they didn't wanna pay over appraised value. Let me share with you how I was able to get them to pay over appraised value, right? By being on the ground, I'm able to better train my people, period, number one. Number two, from a Glover U standpoint, by being on the ground, I know that's what's gonna differentiate me from, from those that are paying attention. Right for, for those that are looking for guidance, looking for a coach, looking for a system, I know that's going to be the biggest differentiator between myself and 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 competitors. And, and quite honestly, it goes back to even my real estate team. You know, we have a lot of great producers or great great teams that we compete with here in Michigan where the lead agent has gotten out of production. Me staying in production gives gives us a competitive edge over that team because. Now what happens is the team members don't necessarily respect uh, their leader as much, right? Lead by example. Hello, how can you lead by example if you're not actually in production with your people? So I think it's got two or three benefits to it, but those are a couple that come to mind.
1: Okay, so with all this stuff going on, Jeff, you're running a team, a very high producing team, uh, training ISAs, training agents, just that that to most people is a full-time job. Now you're stepping out and saying, okay, I'm also in production and I'm also running Glover U. So talk about your schedule. Let's dive into your schedule because how do you do all this? Well, I need to be,
2: I should really be super clear. So um, I'm, I'm not the one that's personally training our ISAs anymore. We have an inside sales manager that's doing that. Uh, I'm not the one that's running Glover U. We have uh, uh, Kate Simon, a head coach, and Taylor Kerrigan, our operations manager, that are running the company. My job is to continue to stay as relevant as possible by being in production and being on the ground and dealing with the same things that lead agents are dealing with, dealing with the same thing that teams are dealing with so that I can get the message out to our people so they can you know make sure they're implementing the right things or doing the right thing. So uh, of course, in order to do that, you're right. I, I do have to have a pretty intense schedule. And and I'll tell you, um, time management, I'll, as much as, most people hate time management. It's probably one of my greatest strengths. Um, my schedule is is blocked off essentially in, in 15 minute increments. Uh, so I look at every hour has four units of time. And I I believe that most things can be accomplished in one unit, which is 15 minutes. So when most people are blocking a half hour or an hour for meetings, um, I, I'm, I'm accomplishing the same thing in 15 minutes. So if you look at, you know, from eight in the morning until six at night, or seven in the morning, you know, until six, or whatever time you start and stop, take those hours and divide by four. You've got four, or 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 times it by four. I'm sorry, you've got four units of time. So in in a in a ten hour day, if you subtract lunches and so forth, you know, let's say you end up down to eight hours of productivity. Times four. What's eight times four? Thirty-two. 32, you've got 32 potential meetings or conversations or things that you can accomplish per day. And that's, that's how I approach
1: every day. Okay. Um, all right, so back, back over to the production thing and then we'll jump into Glover You because I want to mm-hmm. learn more about that. But you are a master of scripts. Um, I've seen you in action. Uh, Thank you. How did you get so good? how, how can others get that good? I mean, yeah. well,
2: I, I was really lucky to have a broker that forced me to learn scripts. Uh, Cause I, I don't feel like most agents get that opportunity or, or, or have a broker that, that really forces them to, to do anything for that matter. Um, I got my hands on, on, on script books, right? So this was, you know, years ago um, all the trainers in the industry, right? The Mike Ferries, the Floyd Wickman's I got my book, my, my hands on all of their scripts and, My broker forced me to write them out every single day for 30 days. Uh, And then when I was done, he forced me to chant them aloud once a day for 30 days. And then when I was done with that, he forced me to role play them once a day for 30 days. And my real estate training, right? You see some brokers, you know, uh, training on open houses or training on social media or training on CRM or training on technology or whatever. My training was mastering what comes out of my mouth mastering what I say, what questions I ask, knowing the objection handlers in every single situation. That was my sales training. And so I just continued that. And it was kind of my mission as I went through life as a real estate agent. I've witnessed so many agents never got that training. And so it became kind of my thing. All right, I'm going to make sure every single person that we come in contact with in our real estate team here has the same opportunity that I had, and for those that you know end up joining a Glover U program, same thing. We're going to master. I mean, we've got you know between listing mastery, buyer mastery, and prospecting boot camp. All of them started on the same day, and I'm seeing what's going on in the Facebook groups. Every single session, there's a new script being introduced, dissected, role played, and then written out. And every single member is taking a picture of them writing their scripts, and uh, it's it sounds old fashioned, it sounds traditional, but at the end of the day. The reason why, especially for millennial real estate agents, you know, I get a little pushback. Well, I just wanna learn how to master Instagram. At the end of the day, my question is, are you still going to have, for the foreseeable future, you're still gonna have a buyer consultation or listing presentation? Answer is yes. All right, so then that means you're gonna have to go out and converse, present, consult, whatever word you wanna use, right? I like to use present because I consider it a presentation. You're gonna have to go out and present, right? Yes. And how do you think they're making a decision on who they hire?
0: If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Uh,
2: whoever's got, you know, whatever the responses, whoever's got the greatest marketing, the greatest tools, the greatest systems, the greatest whatever, all of those are right answers. But the reality is they make a decision on who they're going to hire based on how you make them feel. How do you make them feel? Um, I don't know, I hadn't really thought that far. You make them feel based on dialogue, based on discussion, based on rapport building, based on question and answering. And so as long as we have listening presentations and buyer consultations, I'm still gonna rate the skill of scripts and dialogues as if not top, top three for sure in the top five skills that, that an agent needs to succeed. I'll tell you for me, it's the number one, period.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the one thing that you didn't mention there is how much real estate did you actually do in your first 30 days of business, Jeff, when you were writing scripts? very. You came into the market, brand new agent, you're writing scripts.
2: None. I did no real estate the first three, four months in the business until my broker said, okay, you're done with this program. I took 11 listings my first month as a 19-year-old kid after I did... Yeah, 30 days of of writing, 30 days of chanting, 30 days of role playing. That next 30 days, I took 11 listings.
1: So you had a 90-day boot camp where you were not doing any real estate no production. Business. You were just no. in training.
2: Well, watch. I was doing open houses and floor time and and all the things that everyone else was doing, but it wasn't leading to any business.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then you took 11 from there to 11 listings and the rest is history. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that was at 19 years old. So Congratulations! I love that story. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so, let's talk about Glover U. You guys uh, come in, you do things like business planning, which I was able to witness that, and you guys do yeah. a phenomenal job. Thank you. You also do group coaching, mm-hmm. and then you do individual coaching. Yeah, that's right. Is there anything else that Glover U does?
2: Uh, no, those those are the main things. So, okay. um, you know, our group our group coaching programs are the most popular. Uh, because they're more affordable than one-on-one. You know, one-on-one coaching is usually a thousand a month, but group coaching goes anywhere from you know two ninety-nine to three ninety-nine, depending on the program. Uh, but the yeah, what what you experienced with uh, Springs team, um, that was what we call our live on real advances, uh, where we came up with those this year because obviously we can't get thousands of people or hundreds of people even together for a conference, and so we said you know what we'll just bring the conferences to the teams, and so. We're putting on private one-day events for teams and brokers around the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which everyone—that's how I got to meet Jeff. Uh, I'm very fortunate to to do what I do, running a software company, and to have a wife in the business. Uh, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like you. Um, you know, I, I have somebody there first thing. It's kind of like you still being in the business. I'm still in the yeah. real estate business. You very
2: much, and you very much have an unfair advantage, and. Um, uh, that's one thing that I think gives any agent that works with your platform an advantage as well, because you're not just hearing it. You're not just reading it. You're, you're intimate with someone that's in it every single day. And uh, that's that's a huge advantage you have with your platform over over any of your competitors, if there are any even.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, um, group coaching, individual coaching. Is there anything you want to share about Glover U along those lines, Jeff? Maybe I, mean, just I would say the biggest thing is- what you listen-
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm not going to give any sort of sales pitch on coaching. But what I will say, anybody that's listening to this should probably join the Glover U Inner Circle Facebook group. Uh, That's G-L-O-V-E-R space, the letter U, Inner Circle Facebook group. Reason why I say that is because once or twice a week, I'm giving out something free. Uh, No strings attached, no sales pitch, just Hey, here's a here's a new video on how to handle this. Here's a new script on how to overcome this objection. Um, here's a new system we're using for this. And you know, um, a lot of our coaches are our current or former Jeff Glover and associate agents, so they're sharing. Here, you know, I went out with this and implemented it, and here how it here's how it worked for me. So you know, we've got that. Um, I always recommend that people listen to podcasts. I'm sure. Obviously, um, people are listening to this on the podcast, so they're in the right spot there. We've got a podcast as well. It's called the Live Unreal Podcast, Live Unreal Podcast. And that's a new episode once weekly, everything related to real estate sales and business, period. Um, I would say those are the two places in terms of getting good free resources from us. You know, again, I'm being on the ground. Uh, I, I try to get as much free information and free content as I can out to my peers
1: as possible. Okay. So uh, the Glover U Inner Circle Facebook group, that's free for everybody. Anybody that's can right. join that. You don't have to be in your coaching to join that.
2: You do not. Nope. Mm-mm.
1: Okay. Okay. So I highly recommend that you all go in and uh, do that today while it's fresh on your mind. So you don't forget to do that. So you can take advantage of that. Yep. Um, Jeff, before we wrap up here, what is your perspective of the real estate industry and what it's going to take to continue to be on top yeah. versus versus letting the industry dictate you?
2: Well, I think that real estate agents and, and brokers and, and leaders need to pay close attention to what the consumer's needs are every year. Uh, something I've done for years and years, even prior to all the buzz about technology and 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 everything changing in the industry, I always downloaded every single year. I got my hands on the report. It's called the NAR profile of buyers and sellers. It's like a sixty-page report that NAR comes out with every single year, and I got my hands on that every single year, Brian. Because what you would find is you—you know—they—they—they they, they interview thousands of consumers around the country from all markets. It's the most. Um, I would say the most comprehensive report on consumers and what they want and their trends and so forth. And I would pay attention to, to what was happening in that report and we would model uh, our, our company business plan after what that report said, right? So, you know, if, if um, Uh, I'll just use, I'll just pick on a basic one. All right. You know, the statistic I'm sure you've heard it before, you know, 87% of realtors say they would use their agent again, uh, but only like 8% ever actually do. So how do we get to the other 70 or so percent that are using other realtors? So I think about, okay, what kind of marketing could we do? What could we put in place to adopt the client on the other side of the transaction, uh, also known as the orphan clients? Um, And and so I, I guess the biggest thing I would say is, Pay more attention to the consumer needs than anything and try to solve a problem. You know, um, a couple of years ago, when there was all sort of negative buzz about Zillow and Zillow review, or I mean, Zillow estimates and all that, we created an app. We created YouPraise. It was a home valuation app. Um, well, then we realized, well, that wasn't getting people further down enough in the funnel. And there was all this talk about iBuyers. There were no iBuyers in Michigan. So we turned the app into an iBuyer. Uh, you know, we repurposed it for that, for that purpose. So I think it's just important to, to stay ahead of the competition and pay close attention to the needs of the consumers and, and try to find a problem and solve it.
1: So speaking of iBuyers, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. iBuyers, they've had a big impact on the industry. Not that many you know, other things have come in and really impacted the industry like iBuyers did? Now that seemed to soften with the whole uh, COVID-19 mm-hmm. epidemic. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of them stopped investing for a while. They're now getting their feet back in the game. What kind of a, a threat or opportunity? I mean, how important is it that every real estate team and agent actually get involved and take advantage of some of the things the iBuyers are doing?
2: Well, it's a great. that's a great question. And my recommendation is this you either get on board with them or get ready to go to battle with them. And when I say get ready to go to battle with them, know them inside and out, know what they're buying homes for, know the percentage of of costs that are affiliated with them, try to find out how much they're asking on a regular basis after home inspections. If you're you're not gonna be on board with them, you better know how to battle with them. And in order to battle with them, that means you have to have all the information that they're using. And they're constantly changing, you know, when they enter a market, they might buy homes at 86 or 87% of value, and then it gets competitive. And then they go up to 88 or 89%. You better know when you're going on a listing appointment and they tell you that they're considering an offer from OfferPad, you better know exactly what percentage at that given time OfferPad is buying homes for, how much they're asking, you know, after the home inspection on average, what their closing fee is, because there's always, you know, hidden junk fees in there. You better know all of that. So better get on board with them or be prepared to battle with them.
1: Okay, so you talked about being prepared to battle with them. If you want to get on board with them, what are the steps to do that?
2: Well, uh, every every company handles it differently. Um, I can tell you, I personally am not on board with any, which is why we created our own. Uh, I will I will tell you the ones that that I'm aware of from around around the country. It's a pretty strong interview process. Um, you've got to have a strong infrastructure. Um, uh, you know, like I'm just using Zillow as a for instance because they're they're their closest one to us is in Minnesota and I think in Chicago. Um, and they 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 interviewed with the, the largest teams and selected the largest teams to work those opportunities. Um, that's the extent of my knowledge knowledge on on that aspect of it because we don't have open door offer pad or knock or any of those. Okay. You know, so. Okay. So, but Brian, I, hey, listen, if they were so. in our market, if they were in our market, and we didn't have you praise, um, then then I would call. I would call them up and I'd, I'd ask to speak to someone who would know and I would just ask the question, what is it gonna take for me to be a partner with you guys? And listen to what they say.
1: Yeah, so my understanding from uh, my experience with that is that they are willing to pay you. Like uh, I know there are a bunch of different teams out there that will go out and actually offer up offers. They'll go on a listing appointment and they'll say, here's your options. And they'll give them a, a handful of options Mm-hmm. which can include offers from three or four or five iBuyers, yep. or we can list your home and this is what we think we can sell it for. And typically they're gonna go with that, especially in today's market, because in today's market, their home's going to sell quickly, probably yeah. above asking price. Yeah. But but in the future, it's not going to be, so be prepared to, to know. No, yeah,
2: that. what I'm finding is, is about 5% of consumers Who are um, presented with an offer are are taking them up on those offers. So that means for those that might be worried about iBuyers, I mean, yeah, 5% is a large chunk of the market, but there's still 95% that are saying, no way, I'm not interested in selling at that price. So it's, it's, you know, it is what it is.
1: And Jeff, what you're doing is another way to get involved with, I think, which is start your own iBuyer. That's Uh, right. Yeah.
2: Go raise capital or or, or uh, go find hard money lenders or, or take loans out on, you know, there's nothing that says you have to be, you know, I doesn't stand for cash, <laughs> right? There's yeah. nothing that says you have to be a cash buyer. Um, you can be a buyer that's willing to give an offer right now. That's instant, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are creative ways to do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. What's the most important thing that a team owner should be doing right now?
2: Gosh, I mean, I, I would say um, the biggest thing is, is, is uh, never lose sight of the fact that your people are, yes, in the business to make money, but that's not the only reason they're in their business. Uh, they're with you, they're part of your team uh, because they want a better life. So what are you doing to make their life better? It doesn't always have to do with money.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So Jeff, uh, unless there's anything else you want to dive into, I have just a few more questions that are really outside of real estate. Sure. Is yeah. there anything, anything you want to share before we before we wrap that up?
2: No, we're good, my man.
1: You okay? All yeah. right. So um, just just quickly, I know you're a you're a big learner, as are all leaders in the real estate industry, mm-hmm. from from my experience. Yeah. Like, what is your favorite book or your favorite source of learning? I know you already talked about listen to podcasts, yeah. but um, maybe you could share more about what you feel is important along those lines.
2: Well, um, you know, you gotta you gotta pay attention. Everyone needs to have a a mentor that they look up to, and usually that mentor will make recommendations on books and podcasts and so forth. Um, my favorite book, hands down, is and always will be Thinking Grow Rich. Uh, It's one of the, one of the best books um, ever written. Um, And, um, you know, I, I think in terms of podcasts, I mean, we've got so much information at our fingertips. Don't just listen to real estate related podcasts, right? Obviously you're going to listen to Brian's podcast. Hopefully you're going to listen to mine, (laughs) but outside of that, go outside of real estate. Um, How I built this um, is, is a great one. That's, that's outside of real estate Um, business wars there's a lot of great podcasts outside of real estate. And you'll find that when you're looking for competitive advantages, or you're looking for a competitive edge, you'll find that in a different industry other than real estate. So to your very first point, Brian, yes, there is a lot of sharing and there is a lot of ripoff and duplicating as they say in real estate. Um, But there's actually even more of that if you look outside of the industry.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, One of my favorite podcasts is uh, Reid Hoffman's Masters of Scale. Mm -hmm. um, which, which is really more so I think for technology companies, but, um, certainly, certainly find podcasts outside of this industry as well. There's five days
2: in a week. Okay. Most podcasts drop a new episode is yours every week. Do you drop a new episode once a week? Yep. Most podcasts drop a new episode every week. So find your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday podcast, five podcasts a week, once just one a day.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, Jeff, on another note, what's your favorite place to visit? Like, If you're going on vacation, if you're just getting away, what's your favorite place to go?
2: Well, I, I actually love going to Northern Michigan. Uh, uh, it is a it is resort town filled, beautiful place in the summer. Um, and and even in the dead of winter, I, I like winter stuff. I like snowmobiling. There's thousands of miles of snowmo tra- snowmobile trails. So I actually just travel about four hours North. To Northern Michigan. Um, when I go outside of Michigan, I love I love the city of San Diego. That is probably one of my favorite cities in the country, uh, in terms of climate, in terms of things to do, in terms of commerce, in terms of dining. I mean, just I love the city of San Diego.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, quick question on Michigan. So, is that up is that up on the on Lake Michigan or where where is that?
2: Yeah. So Traverse City, Michigan, is is what I would recommend is the best resort town, you know, some of the greatest freshwater. Uh, you know, the second or third most beautiful lake in the world. Uh, it's called Torch Lake. That's up near Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, Traverse City, yes, is on Lake Michigan. It's at the, you know, everyone uses the hand, right? It's at, it's right at the tip of the top. Um, okay. You know, Mackinac Island is up there. I mean, there's just so much to do in Northern Michigan. Best time to go is in the summer or in the fall when all the leaves and everything are changing colors.
1: Okay. Great. And then my last question along those lines is just what's your favorite thing to do in your personal time?
2: So, um, I am a boater and I'm a golfer, which is very rare. Normally it's one or the other, but I actually do find time to do both. So I, I I'm able to take my boat out on the great lakes, um, you know, maybe once every 10 days or so in the summer. And, um, when I'm not out there, then I'm usually on
1: the golf course. Okay. How often do you get to play golf a week with your schedule? Once a minimum, once a week. Okay. And I'm a terrible
2: golfer. You'd actually think I'm a better golfer. I'm
1: not. (laughs) I I think it's important though, that people understand that you make time for yourself and for getting out and doing activities, not just. Yeah.
2: yeah, So I should make it clear. I'm closed for business uh, Saturday at 3 PM until Monday at 7 AM closed. No business, nothing. Uh, And then that's, that's just every week. And then obviously from time to time, you know, vacations or whatever in between. there.
1: So for those of you who are out there, who have told your uh, clients call you anytime, that is not something that Jeff does. That is not an expectation he will ever set. He is closed for business on the weekends. So I just want you to make note of that. Yeah, I will work
2: Uh, Saturday morning, but yes, Saturday afternoon until Monday at 7am.
1: Okay. So everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, go out, share this podcast. Uh, Jeff has some great content. I think it's important that we get uh, get him in front of people, also get the show in front of people. Give us a review that will help us bring on more people like Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how do people best get a hold of you?
2: Uh, I would say that number one place, uh, email is uh, info at GloverU.com. I-N-F-O at GloverU.com. Or Facebook, just find me on Facebook. Um, there's two Jeff Glovers. There's Jeff Glover, the the grappler wrestler. Uh, so that's not me. Uh, but <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and and um, add me there or, or um, message me there. Or Instagram.
1: Okay, Jeff. Awesome having you on today. Thank you so much. I every time I'm with you, I just I just love uh, your energy and your experience and your advice. So thank you so much for joining us today.
2: You bet, Brian. Thanks
0: for having me. We'll see you guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, The Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that... We'll catch you next time. Take care.